Man, I consider my life nothing. If I could just finish the race and complete the job the Lord Jesus gave me. I live to tell the world his message. Romans 1.16. I'm not ashamed. Luas ang tao makita yun ang ebidensya sa mga binakatan. It is He who has provided us with everything that we have. Amen. If you are tempted to give up on your Christian life, to give up on your prayers, I just like to say this: Don't give up. Dito sa cross, dibayaran sa kompleto ng abayan ang imo ng ako mga salak. Singit bato sa pinagmamahal ng pagkai. Mosana in the highest. The supreme being in the entire universe. There is no one else who is as great, as powerful, as glorious, as almighty as our God. Thank the Lord for the opportunity to listen to the Word of God. Amen. Each Sunday is special. Amen. Amen. So we'd like, uh, I'd like you to please help me welcome in our midst today uh, our dear preaching elder, Dr. Bebs Redulia. Let's give the Lord a hand, please. Good morning, brethren. It's such a pleasure and a joy and privilege to be here with you Sunday after Sunday. Amen? But most of all, because our Lord is here with us today. You believe that? Amen. So He has something special for us today as well. The title of this sermon is From the Kingdom of Darkness to the Kingdom of Light. 
Let us all stand up as we open our Bibles to Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, and we will read together. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Change is a word that has become popularly used in our country in the past year. Today, allow me to explain to you about change. The kind of change that will have a profound impact in our lives if we sincerely take God's Word by faith. This change is what our country needs. This change is what our people need. This change is what the world needs. And they've got to hear this message of change. This change is brought about by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ because the gospel message, brethren, is deeply personal, amazingly transformative, remarkably practical, and obviously relevant, both individually and collectively. Those of us who have experienced its power can attest, can testify to these truths. And I'm going to call later, as I end this message, someone who has experienced this amazing power of God for change. The impact of this change will last not only in our lifetime, but throughout eternity. Not just for a moment, not just for a day or years, but for eternity. So the question is, is there hope that a man or a woman or that people can change for the better? In fact, for the best? The answer is a resounding yes. Yes, people can change. You can change. Our people in this country can change. The people in this world can change. With the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 1 verse 3 is actually the turning point for a changed life. It's a turning point. The Apostle Paul here is explaining about a change in the lives of believers who are living then in Colossus 
And this was the letter that was sent to them by Paul, telling that they were, uh, the people, that they were from, coming from a very desperate condition to an incredibly awesome one. Let me say that again. Coming from a very desperate condition to an incredibly awesome one. And this fundamental change begins with a rescue operation by God. He is the rescuer. He is the initiator. He is the sustainer. And He is the finisher. For God rescued us. What does the word, of, uh, the word rescue mean? It means three things. To liberate, to save, and to set free. As I was thinking about this word, rescue, I get the picture of someone who is in a desperate and helpless situation that needed help, that needed rescuing. And so we ask ourselves, what did God rescue us from then? What does the Bible tell us about our predicament we were in that desperately needed rescuing? Some people might say, well, my life is okay, I'm doing fine, just my life goes on, I'm working, my family is okay, my health is okay, not realizing that he too needs desperately rescuing. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 reveals that we were once under the dominion of darkness. Whether people know it or not, they were, we were once under the dominion of darkness. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. That's what verse 13 tells us. Darkness is experienced when light is absent. Can you turn off the lights? Complete. Turn off the light. <laughs> Yesterday was quick. Thank you. You see, even if the lights here are turned off, there's still some brightness here because of the light coming from outside. But if this were completely boxed in, this would be pitch black. Can you turn on again? So, darkness can happen when there is absence of light. Or a person is simply blind to see the light. There is light, but because his eyes are blind, he cannot see. In the spiritual realm, God who is light is always present. But it is man's blindness to spiritual things that make him unable to see or understand spiritual matters. Things that matter most to God. The Bible therefore reveals to us that we were held captive 
our souls kept in spiritual darkness, in sin, and separated from our Creator. There are three words that I, I find that the Bible uses to describe our fallen condition. Darkness, lost, dead. In John chapter 3, verse 19, it says there, This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. The light of God in the person of Jesus Christ has come into, the, into this world. And men has continually rejected this light of God. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Darkness, lost. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 3, gives us a detailed description of what it is being under this power of darkness to varying degrees. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. We know who is the kingdom, uh, the ruler of the kingdom of the air. It's no other than Satan himself. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. That's why this world is in a mess. All of us also live among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were objects, or by nature, objects of wrath. Mark 7, verse 21 to 23 says, For from within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. So the lost person's thinking, therefore, is centered on himself and on the temporal things that he finds in this world because his mind is darkened and he is disconnected from God. His thinking is distracted from the real need of nourishment for his soul. That's why I try inviting people to come for worship or inviting them for Bible study. Their natural tendency is to say no. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The light of the gospel of the glory of Christ is there for all to see, but because of spiritual blindness, they cannot see. We could not see before. Lost men and women are led about by powerful spiritual forces that are at work in this world. And they are powerless to overcome them. Thus they give 
their lives to the wrong things. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to 21, tells us what these wrong things are. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, says Paul, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18 and 19 tells us, They are darkened. We were darkened in our understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Unbelievers who continue in unbelief is ignorant. That's our ignorance that is in them because of the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Their selfish desires are never filled. So to sum up our desperate condition before the Bible says, we were dead in our sins. We were separated from God. We were in spiritual darkness. We were children of the devil. We were objects of God's wrath. And we were on our way to hell for eternity. This was the sad reality before God rescued us. We were once slaves to the spiritual powers of sin and Satan, and we were powerless to set ourselves free. That's why we can see why it was not difficult for us to blend in with the ways of the world. Notice, but now that we have become followers of Christ, we struggle. There is now a struggle between the old ways and the new ways. Between the ways of the world of sin and the ways of God. This was the desperate condition we were in before. But the good news is that God rescued us. As Brother Ruby says, but God, but God rescued us from the dominion of darkness by His grace and mercy, He took us out of it. So we ask ourselves, God, why did you do it? Why did you rescue us? What is in us that deserve your rescuing? We were, after all, rebels running away from you or fighting against you. Why? Why did God rescue you? 
Why did God rescue me? John 3.16 clearly gives us the reason why God did what He did. His great love for us. His great love for you. For God so loved the world. For God so loved you. For God so loved me that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. If God did not rescue us from darkness and spiritual death, we would have remained in our lost condition, separated from Him, poor stewards of our lives, self-centered on our way to hell, and without real hope. But thanks be to God, because He not only rescued us, from the dominion of darkness, but brought us into the kingdom of His Son, whom He loves, which is a kingdom of light. That's why change happens in your life. Because of the presence of God's light in your life. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. That's a very profound statement from Jesus. I am the light of the world. In other words, this world is in spiritual darkness. And until they come into a saving knowledge and relationship with God through Christ, they don't have the light in their lives. Jesus said, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He also said, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. What, what a beautiful picture we see as we, as we walk with Him in this Christian life that we are under the lamp, the light of God. In us. There may be times that we stumble and fall, but the light of God allows us to see and stand up because our Heavenly Father pulls us out of it. Jesus is the light of the world so that whoever is united with Him has the light of life and is able to know God in a personal way. And because God rescued us and brought us into the kingdom of His Son, brethren, two wonderful things have happened to us. Two wonderful things have happened to you. One, God changed our position before Him. Verse 14 says, We have redemption, the forgiveness of of sins. Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 to 14 also concurs. It says there, God made you alive with Christ. That's talking about spiritual life. Being alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Having canceled the written code with regulations that was against us 
and that stood opposed to us, He took it away, kneeling to the cross. When I was a young Christian, and I came across this verse of Scripture, it took me a while to grasp this truth. That He forgave us all our sins. We're used to the idea that, you know, in our human relationships, that when we admit our wrong and ask for forgiveness, and the person says, the offended person says, okay, it's okay, I forgive you. But you know that he never forgets. Or even some people would say, yes, I forgive you, but I will never forget what you have done. That's why in our mindset, it's hard for us to accept this fact of the fullness of the forgiveness of God towards us. The completeness of His forgiveness. As sinners and rebels, forgiveness is our greatest need and God has forgiven us. In a study done by a doctor in Metro Manila, interviewing dying people in the hospital. And he wanted to know what would be the important factors that dying people would consider as a good death. A good death, meaning a, a death when a person finds peace, finds hope. They interviewed the patients. They, uh, she interviewed the patients. She also interviewed the healthcare providers, the doctors, nurses. You know what came on top of the list? It's coming to peace with God. At the end of the day, at the end of your life, when you are facing the reality that you're going to die soon, your greatest need is forgiveness because you know in your heart, you know in your mind that you are not right with God. You're a sinner. Thanks be to God because of His great love, because of His great mercy and His great grace, He has forgiven us. God changed our position. Every sin we ever did that stood against us before God has been removed forever and washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins. That's why the Bible says, where these sins have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. They will be remembered no more. That's why we have problems in our relationships in human relationships because when even when we forgive one another we still keep a record of wrongs and when you continue doing that you'll never find real reconciliation to us who have put our faith in Christ we are as spotless in the eyes of God as if sin never have been part of our lives. 
Let me repeat that. We are as spotless in the eyes of God as if sin had never been part of our lives. We have been redeemed. You have been redeemed. We have been forgiven. You have been forgiven. Psalm 103 verse 12 describes that kind of forgiveness. It says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. How far is the east is from the west? Did you think about that? <laughs> you can't measure it in miles or kilometers. It's infinity. Think about that for a moment. As far as the east is from the west, so far as it removes our transgressions from us. And because we have been forgiven, we are saved from God's righteous judgment and condemnation. Paul concludes in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because the law, the spirit of life that has set me free from the law of sin and death. God changed our position from condemned to redeemed, from alienation to sonship, from enemies to friends, from death to life, being lost to being found, from under the dominion of darkness to the dominion of the light. No wonder the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, We are more than conquerors through Him who love us. You are more than conquerors through Him who love us. That is your new position in Christ. I believe that the Lord deserves a praise offering. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The second incredible awesome thing that has happened to us is that God qualified us to partake of His inheritance. And this is why we should be thankful to the Father who has made us fit to share all the wonderful things that belong to those who live in the kingdom of light. God has given us an inheritance. Remember that inheritance is bestowed more, most of the time by a father to his children. As a matter of law and as a matter of course, that's what happens. A parent or a father bestows inheritance to his children. So we ask ourselves, how did we become God's children? Some people may claim, I am also a child of God. Do you know what it means to be a child of God? How did you become a child of God? John chapter 1 verse 12 tells us that all who receive Him, to those who believe in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. It is in our union with Christ by faith. It was our faith in Christ whose blood 
purchased us out of slavery to sin that brought us into the family of God. God gave us a new life by the new birth. Jesus used the words, born of God, to refer to this amazing new birth of the Spirit. Being born again is not a new religion, as some people think it is. It is not. It is an event that happens in your life. Just as your first birth was also an event in your life. I was born from my mo- of my mother in 1951. That's how old I am now. And I was born of the Spirit in 1979. Just when I was so desperate, my life was at the lowest ebb, and I was on the brink of self-destruction. But God rescued me out of it. And I experienced the second birth. And that at, mo- at that moment in time, when you put your trust in Jesus and believe in Him and, and receive Him by faith as your personal Savior and Lord and be a follower of Him, you have been born again. You have been united with Christ and reconciled with God. Amazing. Because God made us His children. Because God made us His children. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That's what the Bible says. That's what you are. The Bible says the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. Hallelujah. (laughs) What a beautiful declaration of truth and promise of God. As members of God's family, we are privileged to partake of His wonderful blessings. Paul said it in this way, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. It's available to each one of His children. Here are some of the lavish blessings we share with God's people as our inheritance from God. New spiritual life that is eternal. New relationships. A heavenly Father. You know, the greatest inheritance we have, the greatest portion that we have is God Himself. We belong to Him. And we will see Him as He is. We have a new family. We belong to God's family. While we still belong to an earthly family, we now belong to the family of God. We belong to a new kingdom. With a new king, the Lord Jesus Christ is our king. And He begins to reign and rule in our hearts and in our minds as we begin to submit to His Lordship 
We have the indwelling Spirit of God whose power gives us light to know and to see who God is personally, to understand spiritual truths and guarantee our inheritance. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit. The person of the, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is in you if you are in Christ. And the Bible tells us that He is the seal of ownership, that you belong to Him. We have become citizens of heaven. And we have uh, this real and living hope of a future resurrection. And so even though we may die, or we will die, that's for sure, we have this hope that on the day of the resurrection, we too will receive our inheritance of glorified bodies so that we will spend eternity with God, with a restored humanity that was broken by sin, body, soul, and spirit. You see, when we die, our soul and spirit separates from our body. The body goes to the ground, buried, or it may be cremated. But one day, that's going to change. When the shout, the Lord's command, and the last trumpet of the archangel sounds, and the command of God, come forth, my people. And suddenly, we receive our inheritance of a glorious body. We shall rise together with them who are still alive. And they are changed in an instant, in a twinkling of an eye. And so together, we will meet the Lord forever and be with Him forever. That is our, one of our inheritance, brethren. A future resurrection. That's why people who are lost, people who are not in Christ, when they face death, it's a, a jump into darkness with no hope. But heaven is our eternal destination. We are on this journey, brethren. We are on this journey. He took us out. He rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of His Son. And we are in this journey a purposeful, a meaningful journey that God has planned long before we were born. Long before you were existing on this earth. God planned it in eternity. And so the Bible says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't fix your eyes on the problems. It doesn't mean that you will not find solutions to your problems. But you should not fix your eyes on those problems. Rather, you fix your eyes on the one who can solve those problems. Amen? Let us fix our eyes as we go through this journey of life in this world 
as believers and followers of Christ. On Him who gives us the strength, who gives us the joy, who gives us the peace, who gives us the hope that we can never find anywhere else. The Apostle, Pet- uh, the Apostle Peter says and assures us that this inheritance can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, for us. Notice, we might be receiving some kind of inheritance from our parents, properties, money, bank accounts, um, real estate, house, whatever. Old, old jars, <laughs> whatever. But they will not last. They will all perish. Notice, they will fade away. When we leave this world, we leave everything of those inheritance we receive from our parents. But what we receive from God will never perish, will never fade. This inheritance that the Word of God is speaking about. This is the inheritance that every person who experiences the new birth receives. And all of this happened when you believe and receive Jesus Christ for your salvation. That's why Jesus, this is the reason why Jesus emphatically said in John chapter 3, Verse 3 and 5, that unless a man is born again, unless a man is born of God, unless a man is born of the Spirit, he cannot see or enter the kingdom of God. Hallelujah, because he has granted us to enter and to see the kingdom of God. Glory to God. The Apostle Paul further elaborates on this truth. It says in, he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. We are new creatures in our union with Christ. God has given us a new beginning. Your life before was at a mess, perhaps. Or even your life was not a mess as you have evaluated it. But you find that something has changed. You have become a new creature in Christ. You have the light of God in you. Everything changes. As new creatures, God gives us the right to be in His presence. That's why we can Pray to God. We can talk to God 24-7. There is no busy line as far as God, our Heavenly Father, is concerned. Wherever you are, in whatever situation you are in, and you come to Him and pray, He listens. Because you are His child. But He will answer it in the way he says fit. God has given us 
the right to join His family. God qualifies us by declaring us to be right with Him by virtue of Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross and His resurrection. That is God's gracious gift to every repentant and believing sinner. That's why Paul exhorts us to give thanks to God. What is our response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Of course, we give thanks to God. We need to give thanks to God. That's why the, the Word of God always keeps telling us to be reminded. Remember what God has done for you. In His infinite power, God transforms everyone who is born of God. He shapes our character for godliness, affecting the quality of our relationships. This is a gradual and progressive change in the family, in our profession, in business, as citizens of our country. Know this, brethren, that when the Lord rescued you, changes have happened to you. And He's continually working to transform you for the best. These many can testify, even right here in our midst and in, in our country and the rest of the world, of God's transforming power in Christ. We must remember this. We, we need to recall always what God has granted us, what God has done for us, because this will move us to praise Him, to thank Him, and to live our lives for His glory. It is the very presence of God in our lives that moves us. We don't rely on the law, but because the law condemns us, but it is by His grace his presence in our lives, the peace of God, the joy of God, our thankfulness towards God, that we want to live our lives for His glory. That's why our lives change. And one of them is in our character, we become more loving and loving and loving. We become more patient, patient, patient. It's a growing process. Having been rescued by God from darkness and brought into the kingdom of the light, Paul explains God's process of change. The change that we long for. And this is a change by growing spiritually. In verse 9, so let's backtrack. It says in verse 9 of Colossians chapter 1, God does this by filling us with the knowledge of His will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And how does God fill us with the knowledge of His will? It is by His written Word and the illumination of the Holy Spirit who indwells in us. Now that we have the Spirit of God, now that we have been born of God, as we begin to study His Word and desire to know more of God and His will. The Holy Spirit enlightens our minds to understand and empowers us to follow what it says. It convicts us. 
And second is by living a life worthy of the Lord and pleasing Him in every way. How is that done? How do we live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way? It says there in verse 10 to 12, by bearing fruit of every good work. Notice. By bearing fruit in every good work. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which He has prepared in advance for us to do. This is the work that bears fruit for God's glory. And second, by growing in the knowledge of God, we become more intimate with Him. Our knowledge of Him becomes deeper, becomes wider, becomes higher. His presence in our lives is so real. Unlike before when we just had our religion and we did not have a relationship with Him, No change ever happened. Third is by being strengthened with all God's power for great endurance and patience. Notice. The Word of God is already preparing us that we need God's power to strengthen us so that we can endure. Because as we go through this life, we go through different kinds of suffering and trials and tribulations. So we need endurance and patience. And the fourth is by giving thanks always, every day to the Father for qualifying us to share in the inheritance of God's people. You see, when we give thanks to God, we will be reminded of what God has given to us. At this point in time, I would like to call on a man who used to live in the kingdom of darkness, but God rescued him and brought him into the kingdom of, his, of God's Son, into the light. He used to be an addict and a drug pusher. He was a thief. He was a snatcher. He was a, a dropout from school. But when God rescued him and brought him into his family, he transformed this man. He is now serving the Lord full time as a pastor of one of our outreach churches. It's my privilege to call on Brother Jess Riguero. Allowing me to come here and uh, share with us what he has done in my life. And I also thank God for this morning's message. I would say that the message is actually my story. I was once in the dominion of darkness, so deep in the dominion of darkness, but I thank God He has rescued me 
and brought me into the kingdom of His Son, the kingdom of light. I'm Pastor Jesus Reguero, and they call me Jesse. So, na-transform pati akong pangan. I'm presently pastoring uh, Living Word Pardo Outreach. And be- before I came to know the Lord, I was a drug addict for nine years. I started uh, sniffing rugby, then smoking marijuana, then taking cup syrup. We call it drop. And I also used injectable drugs. We call it shoot or inject. In fact, because of injection, I contracted hepatitis C virus. And last 2005, the doctor told me I only have uh, six months to live because of that hep C virus. And may I just take this opportunity to say thank you uh, to all that supported me during my 2005 crisis. Thank you so much for praying for me. And also thank you so much even for supporting me financially for my treatment. That treatment has cost me, or has, uh, I think the costing of that treatment would reach, I think, more than half a million. I don't have the money, but the Lord really provided me through this family. So I thank you so much for uh, the love you expressed to me as uh, toward me as one family. Now, the drug that hooked me more than any other drug is Shabu. I even engaged in sealing and not big time, actually, a small time uh, drug pushing. Now, because of drugs, I was literally, my life was literally destroyed. It was a big mess. I stopped going to school. I seldom stay at home. To ako's mga barkada si Gigakuyog. And my life for nine years practically revolved around drugs. When I wake up from sleep, the time, the first thing that would come to my mind is, where can I possibly get the money for, for Shabu? Aron makasuyop. And during the time, I would do anything just to be able to, to buy drugs. During the time, no one could restrain me. My mama, my uncles, you know, no counsel, no advices uh, would restrain me. I was so hooked in drugs during the time. I was into stealing. Nahimokong popular na kawatan sa amo. Makauwaw, but that's where the Lord uh, rescued me. There was a time na naay nangawa na hiniktan sa amo ah. Uh, bisan dili ako yung nagkuha, gidakop ko, kapil. Uh, yung anak kalata akong pangan. I was into pickpockets and snatching in Cologne. Though oftentimes, dili ako yung mutira, I'm just a lookout. But I belong to the group. Uh, Eleven of my uh, colleagues in, in, in drugs were killed vigilante killing. I was imprisoned three times, but only in detention cell. Uh, I was imprisoned once in Panganiban Police Station, once in Fuente Police Station, and once in Pardo Police Station. The NBI almost denied me a clearance last two, 2012 because of those records. My mother was skin and bone, 
because of the lingering grief over my state during the time. Now, humanly speaking, my life, what, my life in drugs was seemingly beyond redemption. Practically, in the eyes of man, a hopeless case. Number one candidate sa Tukhang. Uh, if this government happened to be the government during the time, uh, I doubt kung ma-survive ko. Na ako skarsada, pero may kapuyo. But you know, there were moments during those times that I desired for change. Na yung mga panahon nga, makahuna-huna akong tarong, and I desired, Lord, no, no, I'm, I was not uh, Christian yet during that time. So, but down inside, there, was, there were times that I desired for change. You know, I was practically a good boy with a good school record during my school days. Patubo ko nga kanang pagbinuotan sa akong mamagpapa. There were, you know, there were times that I decided to go back to those, to those days na buotan ba ko. One time, one of my high school teachers happened to see me in the jeepney terminal in Tabunok where I used to hang out with friends, making money there. And she told me with bewilderment, saying, Jesus, naunsa naman ka. Jesus, may akumpangan. You know, my teacher saw that I was so far from who I was during my school days. And the, the potential they perceived in me when I was still in school was practically not there anymore. And somehow, that intensified my longing for change. As I look at the mirror, I, I noticed na lay, layo na ko sa dati na kong kinabuhi na buutan. Di patubo ka buutan sa kong mama. And because of my longing for change, I tried so many methods. I tried New Year resolution. I bet all of us, probably most of us, know about New Year resolution. I also tried palihi. And uh, just in case you do not know what palihi is, it is a belief, uh, at, at least in my barrio, <laughs> in Pinamungahan, that if you do abstain drugs in New Year in January 1, you will not do it the whole year. But you know, it, it wasn't work. I also tried writing my vices on paper and then sunogon and then iitsa sa bintana, magkalikod. Believing that if, if I do that, I would be delivered from, from that bondage. But again, it wasn't work. It did not work. My mother even sought the help of a quack doctor. And tong albularyo, ingon siya nga, gipangayuan ko pamisahan sa akong lolo. So, akong mama, gipaihaw og baboy na ugis, baboy na puti, with matching seven white chicken. Gipaihaw, and then gipag-seremonyas. And then human, nangaon. Nabusog ang albularyo, adik, regyod gihapon ko. You know, all of those efforts failed to deliver the chains I so desired during that time. Naigo ko sa kanta na gusto kong bumait, pero di ko magawa. Honestly, I have all that desire. You know, there, are, there were times that I have all the desire for chains. But I was just like a paralyzed man na gustong mulakaw, pero di ligod kahimok. So, I gusto kong bumait, pero di, di ko magawa. I was thinking 
Maybe this is just my role in life. Basay ingon ani lang yuko. Now in my utter frustration, I contemplated to commit suicide. Ingon wala ingon ani na malangko ay pagwala na lang. Ako mama looy na kayo bukog og panit and uh, I ruined so many young lives. Uh, my 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 cousins ako nagtudlo nila og gamit og drugas. And in fact one of my cousins died because of drugs and I was the one discipling him in the kingdom of darkness that time. That, that's that, that's how bad I am. Now, again, in my utter frustration, I, completed to, I, I, com, I contemplated to commit suicide. I planned to get myself run over with 10-wheelers truck that were passing to the then newly built uh, Tabunok flyover. Uh, I think early... 2005. But just in time, I was able to commit suicide. A drug addict friend by the name of Robert Mamunta that I did not see for quite some time, he came to me and shared me the love of Jesus Christ. He told me that in Jesus Christ, there is hope. He told me that in Christ, I could start a new life. And he told me in Cebuano, by Walay guba nga kinabuhi nga dili kayang ayohon sa Ginoo. And he shared me that Jesus came for sinners like us. And you know, without me knowing it, I was in tears already. In my heart, I said, Lord, naapamanday ka. You know, when I was in drugs, I totally, you know, totally nalimot ko sa Ginoo. Though, man sigurado background sa tinuod nga Ginoo that time. But that encounter birthed a hope in my heart. Lord, naapamanday ka na pwede mo tabang nako. And after, you know, uh, after a few moments, he brought me to, a, to his rented home nearby or room nearby. And he read some verses of scriptures and then led me the sinner's prayer. But you know, change did not come right after that. It's just birth a hope in me enough to stop me from committing suicide. After that, I still went to Ermita and Bato Carbon aron makasuyok. Okay, that time, uh, limited patong palitanan og shabu. Real change finally came during the Young Adults Camp 1995 of this church. That time, I was in Cologne. Uh, very high in Shabu. And my friends, nakadungan ako kaso, you have left me because I don't have the money already. So, yung anak mo itong grupo na mo, kung wala na kay kwarta, blind on ka, biyaan ka. And so, I was there, so kay in drugs, without money, and uh, nowhere to go. Then, there was this Robert Mamunta again, inviting me to a young adults camp. What happened was that there was one camp delegate he already paid his registration but, but cannot attend the camp because his leave, leave of absence from his work was denied. And so they were looking, you know, actually they were just looking for a filler. And it happened that the first person they found was me, Bagong Suyup. So high. You know, when Robert invited me, I turned down the offer. I turned down the invitation because I don't have the necessary things needed for the camp. But the amazing thing is that what I don't have, Robert supplied. 
Wa koy pakit money bro. Ah, taka anti kay pakit money. I don't have this. I'll buy this for you. You know, I'm really thankful to God for the man. I thank God for his life. He practically supplied everything I needed for the camp. When we arrived in David Livingstone, the camp venue, afternoon time, you know, that was a kind of bad trip for me. Na bad shock ko dito. Because I cannot drink. I cannot smoke. Kung muad to ko sa mga sari-sari store sa ubos, naa din mga campers. Mauha man sa ko mag-inom-inom at sa ubos. Itagaan naman ko og pakit money ni Robert. I can buy beer and tanduway. But the problem is, you know, naa ay mga campers dito. So, bad trip, bad trip. Niabot ang gabi eh, no smoke, no drink. You know, the whole night, I was not able to sleep because during that time, uh, if you sniff shabu, you cannot really sleep. Bukay na buhay itong imong utok. So, the whole night, uh, I was not able to sleep. That was a kind of life sentence. Napaka-bad trip. Little did I know that the Lord would deliver me from bondage morning the following day. The first session in the morning came. Pastor Dodong Salve, our former Cebuano pastor, uh, preached about the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now in that sermon, he said that all of us call Jesus Christ as Lord. But we really need to have a clear grasp about the meaning of the word Lord. And he explained, the, the word Lord comes from Greek word kurios. The Hebrew equivalent is Adonai. And it could also be translated in English as Master. Agaon in Cebuano. Now, if we call him Lord, we call him Master. And if he is our Master, then we are his servants. And then, he explained that during the biblical times, the servants had, you know, they don't have a right for themselves. Servants are properties, you know, of the masters. And the servant's primary duty is to obey the bidding of the master. Ang trabaho sa sulugoon, dili magbuot-buot siyang kaugalingon. Ang trabaho sa servants is just to follow order, no more, no less, from the master. And it will be, you know, the responsibility, the responsibility of the master to supply the needs of the servants. But the work of the servants from start to finish of his life should be, Boss, on sa may imong gusto. Agahon, on sa may imong gusto na kung lutoon. Dili magbuot-buot siyang kaugalingon. That, that's how Pastor Dodong explained, you know, the word. And you know, that opened my understanding. I suddenly came to understand that the reason I was still in drugs is because I am still the master of myself. And I, 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 I told the Lord, Lord, uh, nakasabot ko may son, Lord, maodei na, just adis pa ko kay, ako pa'y nagbuot na ako. I do what I want, you know, unsay ganahan ako, bay akong buhaton. And at that, and that, at that very moment, wala na ko naminaw sa uban nga wali, sa uban niya nga explain You know, the Lord had given me the grace to personally come to him and said, Lord, from now on, ikaw na akong boss. From now on, ikaw na akong master. Lord, dili na akong will, imuhan ang will. Imuhan ang gusto matuman sa akong kinabuhi, Lord. Imuhan ako, ikaw na itag-iyan ako. 
Lord, help me to live for you. Help me to, 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 to live this life for you to the very end of my life. And you know, when I did that, grab, grabbing kalipay na abot sa kong kasing-kasing, burst, you know, joy just burst in my heart. Then I, I began to thank God, to thank Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you so much that now you are my master already. Salamat, Lord, na imunajud ko. Salamat, Lord, ikaw na itag-iyan ako. Salamat, Lord, na ikaw na magbuot sa kong kinabuhi. Lord, let your will be done in my life. And allow me to serve you for the rest of my life. I would say that during that moment, I was so happy. Though I do not know how to call it, but, you know, uh, I, I came to understand that that was the, uh, the, the thing the theologian called as all-satisfying joy. And the Bible says, in His presence is fullness of joy. Na ay kalipay diha sa ginoo. Months late, uh, months after the camp, I was not into drugs anymore. You know, all because the joy I have with the Lord really surpassed the joy that I have in Shabu. You know, lahi nga kalipay mga egzoon. What delivered me from drugs uh, is not ayawna, is not ibawal. The Lord just offered me a far greater joy in Him, in His presence. I was just so satisfied when I, when I would come to Him and say, Lord, thank you that you are now my master. And you know, during the time, all of a sudden, I was, you know, there was just an eagerness to read the Bible with a desire to know the will of the master, my newly found master. Lord, what's your will? I want to live for you. I want to exist for you. Lord, I want to be consumed for you. That was my, my, the, 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 the cry that suddenly came into my heart. And in my joyful desire, you know, to obey the bidding of the master, to exist for, you know, my good master, my, my Jesus Christ, I attended all the ministries available. You know, huy bistay bakante na ko. I attend, you know, ni kuyog ko sa drug rehabilitation. Uh, drug uh, rehabilitate Bible study nito sa rehab did by Brother Jingle Bernido uh, I attended uh, OPM overnight prayer meeting I attended the Wednesday evangelistic meeting I attended the discipleship uh, program and in fact na, 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 na involved ako sa children's ministry the gitara I remember na magbuwag mig nahuman na lang ang mga batag kanta ako na gitara gihapon <laughs> and you know in my as i joyfully served the lord little did i know that the lord had started building my broken life once again my family had noticed the change in me and they thought, actually, the first uh, uh, few days na ilang na-notice na nausab ko, they thought that hapit na ko namatay. They thought na nagmirida ko. I don't know if you know mirida. Marag na milin-bilin. But as the chains came, all the mo- at, as the chains became all the more evident, they got curious 
asa ko nagsimbahan. They noticed that Sunday morning, dali ko maligo, bit-bit Bible, and dagan nga sa church. And nagkabuutan ba ya? And so they, they were curious, asa ka di siya nagsimbahan? And hinay-hinay sila, naayusan uh, na ako kay Gsoon, nga nisunod na ako, magsimba without me knowing it. At the end of the service, grabing hubagas mata kay gitagbo sa ginoo. I thank God for receiving work in my family. And to make a long story short, the Lord, I thank God, the Lord saved them all. Tibo o pamilya may giluwa sa ginoo. The trust that I lost from my family was regained. And the Lord just graciously allowed me and gave me the privilege to serve Him. You know, I was able to stand here before you and wearing this. I'm not used to wear this. You know, all because of the Lord. All because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Had Jesus did not rescued me from that miry clay, probably di ko pasudlon sa gwardiya. Yeah, Had Jesus did not rescued me from the miry clay, kung matapad ko ninyo, inyo gungunita na inyong bag. Tinood lang. And uh, the Lord, uh, I remember Pastor Dodong told me that the first time he saw me, he described me as uh, just like the gathering demoniac in the gospel. It's just how, you know, how messy my life was. My broken life was rebuilt by the Lord. The Lord had rescued me from the kingdom of darkness and He brought me into the kingdom, you know, into, his, into the kingdom of His Son, the kingdom of light. Tagaan ko niya og pamilya, which uh, during the time, dili ko makabuog pamilya, dili ko makababarog pamilya. With me now, is my whole family. Uh, kauban ako akong wife. I, the most beautiful woman, at least in my eyes. And I have three kids. You know, all of this happened because of the rescue operation of the Lord to, uh, to the unworthy sinner. I, I did not, you know, I had no hope that He would love me. I, I had no hope na iya pakagluwason. But that's how good God is. I just want to end this testimony by saying that Drug addicts are humans. Marred uh, with sin as they may be, they are still humans made in the image of God. They are loved by Jesus Christ that He died for them. I am one of them. And drug addict in Jesus Christ is never a hopeless case. Drug addict has hope and they have hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you are here and you are struggling with drug addiction, I just want to encourage you. May pag-asa na ay paglaong. But your hope is not in what? Your hope is in who? Your hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. I just want to exhort you. I to exhort you. You know, stop, stop struggling. You know, stop trying to change yourself. Go to the one who is able to change you.
The Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Just humble yourself and come to him. And, you know, the Bible says, ang mudool niya, wala gusto isa likway. Now, if you are here and then naakay loved ones na drug addict, still, I just want to encourage you that they are not a hopeless place. But you have to understand that their need is not rehab. Their need is not prison. Their need is Jesus Christ. Now, rehab has its value, safekeeping. But the ultimate uh, deliverance and the ultimate hope is the Lord Jesus Christ. That just, you know, tell, the, tell them and tell that relat- the addict relative about Jesus Christ and pray for him. Dalaygon ang ginoo. Are you blessed today? Glory to God. As I see this man, this brother, what an amazing grace the Lord has granted to him and to me as well. We were both in the precipice of self-destruction. You have your own stories to tell. We all have our own stories to tell. How we, we live our lives in spiritual darkness and how God took us out of it and brought us into the kingdom of His Son, to the kingdom of light. God is our greatest hope in life. And He's so merciful and gracious that uh, He rescued us. And that's why we are serving Him today. Brother Jesse Guerrero is serving. And the government is using Him, is uh, asking Him to participate in the rehabilitation of drug addicts in the province of Cebu. And he gets invited to gatherings where there are surrenderists. And he is ministering to them, handling some Bible studies. Uh, he did not include that in his uh, testimony. But he is actively participating in the rehabilitation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. At this point in time, you have heard his testimony. You have your own stories to tell, as I said. I would like to challenge you to stand up and be counted if you have experienced the rescue operation that God did in your life at this time. Those who have experienced the rescuing of God from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, stand up. Look at this, bro. We are not alone. We are not alone. We have been set free. You have been set free. Can you shout unto the Lord? You have set us free. You have set us free. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. Let's all sing that song, Amazing Grace, once again.
Man, I consider my life nothing. If I could just finish the race and complete the job the Lord Jesus gave me. I live to tell the world his message. Romans 1.16. I'm not ashamed.